This podcast was recorded from our weekly live stream. To watch this video or see other episodes of The Spiritual Journalist, head to thespiritualjournalist.com or find me on YouTube. You can find a link in the show notes. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Spiritual Journalist. I'm so grateful you found us here, and I'm really looking forward to introducing you to today's guest. Her name is Brett Blackburn, and she is a psychic, a medium, a channel. She gives readings to people. She's been using her intuition for more than 16 years now to provide readings and give clarity to other people. And today she's teaching us how to tap into our own intuition. So as you're on a spiritual path, you probably heard, trust your intuition, follow your intuition. But how do you do that? Today, Brett's going to give us some pointers. So let's get started. I've always been a deeply curious person, talking with anyone who would listen and soaking in as much information as possible. So it's no surprise my love for storytelling led me to a career in journalism. But after nearly a decade working in newsrooms across the West Coast, I realized I wanted to start asking questions you probably wouldn't see on your local news. So I left my job as a morning TV reporter and started The Spiritual Journalist. This isn't just a YouTube channel, podcast, website, or social media page. This is a live conversation where you get to ask questions too, because I'm not the expert. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. My goal is to connect you with people who have profound experiences and inspirational stories to share, and we'll definitely mix a little astrology in too. So if you're like me, you have this insatiable curiosity and you love deep conversations too, well, this is the place for you. Together each week, we'll explore everything from crystals and tarot to mental health and the environment. There are no wrong questions here. My ultimate goal is for you to come away from each episode with a new perspective and an expanded consciousness. This is a channel for the collective. This is a community for the curious. This is The Spiritual Journalist. Hello. Hi, Olivia. How are you doing? Great. I'm so excited to chat with you today and just to introduce you. you to my community because we're friends. We chat on a weekly basis outside of technology, but yeah. um, you have so much wisdom to share. So I'm really excited. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I love to start these conversations with a look at your birth chart to get an idea of your energy. We'll go into your story in a bit, but this is just a fun little icebreaker, if you will. Really? And I just learned you've never had a full astrology reading. No. Not at all. Okay. So we'll just go over the basics off off camera. We can do a deeper reading together. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you will start with your big three. So your sun, moon, and rising. So uh, are you familiar with like the sun, moon, yes. rising uh -huh. concept? Okay. I figured. Yeah. I figured. So you're a Gemini rising um, and your Mercury is actually really close to your rising sign. We'll talk about what's going on in your 12th house in a second, but Gemini rising makes you social, outgoing, a little bit chatty. You probably really like to, um, you know, attain new information, but you're probably really good at talking to people. Like when you are out in a social setting, you can kind of shape shift, be with whoever you need to be, be whoever you need to be. And that's kind of the first impression you give off, just being a little bit chatty and, um, <laughs> Also, like, who is she? Like, is she this? Is she that? You know, Gemini has like a lot of different personalities. But you're a Taurus sun. 
And the more I get to know you, I totally see your Taurus sun come out. Uh, you know, Taurus energy loves comfort, loves their home environment, stability, mm -hmm. sensuality, even like behind you, the setup is just curated and comfortable <laughs> and beautiful. Very, very Taurus. Um, and your sun is in your 12th house. So the 12th house is all about other realms, psychic abilities. Um, mm. It's kind of what can be felt but not seen. Kind of beyond the veil is the 12th house. So your sun being in your 12th house just totally makes sense with you being an intuitive, being a psychic. Like that's your personality. That's who you are. And your Mercury is also in the 12th house, and Mercury is how we communicate. So your Mercury being in Gemini, it's at home in Gemini, and you have great communication skills, and you can probably be very clear and bring through a lot of information, mm. but where you're bringing it from is the 12th house, which is <laughs> not of this world, right? Um, and so I'm excited for people to hear your story, too, and understand that that's kind of been part of your life, your whole life. Yeah. But your moon is in Aquarius. Um, and it's actually, the MC is the midheaven. So the highest point in your career, the most visible point of your life is represented by the midheaven. And your moon is right there. So an Aquarius moon, you know, you like your space, you're nurtured by your space, you probably need to have your time to like check out and do your own thing. <laughs> and also, in like our moon is our internal self, our emotions. Deep down, you're like, no, I'm a weirdo. Like, I'm very different. <laughs> I might come yes. across as like, you know, light and chatty and put together with my Taurus son. But when people really get to know me, like, I'm really weird <laughs> and have all these weird perspectives. <laughs> the moon like is also right. The moon is also linked to our intuition, and I love that your moon is so close to your midheaven because that just tells me that your intuition will be a very big part of your career, and it already is. But this very high level of visibility. And your moon being in the ninth house is all about expansion. So mm -hmm. learning new things, traveling, going to new places, having expansive opportunities really nurture your soul and kind of like light up that inner weirdo in you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Your, let's see, your Mars is at zero degrees Libra. So you have a stellium in Libra. And um, Mars and Libra is interesting. I have Mars and Libra too. It might make you a little bit like indecisive about which action to take. You probably like to weigh all of the perspectives or the options before you act on something. You mm -hmm. also have Saturn and Libra. You have Jupiter and Scorpio, which is really interesting. Jupiter is like our abundance and Scorpio is intuition as well, depth. So being able to like go deep with people, being able to have intimate connections is where a lot of your abundance comes from. And I won't go through all of your placements because we could be here all day, but um, <laughs> Venus and Aries in the 11th house, you love hard. You're very direct with the people you love. You're just like willing to tell them, I love you. <laughs> love your community with it being in the 11th house. Um, probably are attracted to and drawn to other like kind of weird people, which I know yep. to be true because yep. we're in the same part of <laughs> Yep. Um, and I will let you know that your North Node is in Cancer and our North Node is like the direction or purpose, what we're here to learn, the energy we're meant to embody more. So your South Node's in Capricorn, 
which means you're probably very comfortable around Capricorn energy, being more practical, being more stable, very earthy, like your Taurus sun, you know, just kind of being matter of fact. But what you're here to become is the mother, the intuitive, the nurturer. So the older you get, the more motherly you'll probably become. And of course, you are already a mother, so you're already doing it. And then the major pattern I have to point out in your chart is this giant green triangle that you're seeing, which is called a grand trine. And so you have placements in air signs around your chart. It's an air trine. So Gemini Mm -hmm. placements, Aquarius placements, Libra placements. And actually your Jupiter, or excuse me, your Saturn is part of that air trine. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and your moon and your rising. Really interesting, those three planets. But just in general, like an overview is that communication comes really naturally to you with an air trine. You like to gather new information. You like to talk to other people. You like mm-hmm. to see different perspectives. That's kind of the dominating pattern in your chart. And a lot of lessons have probably come from your ability to communicate and take in new perspectives and new information too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, all really, yeah. that all really resonates. <laughs> really resonates. Oh, good. Do yeah. you have any other yeah. questions or anything else you want to point out? No, but we're definitely going to go deeper in an individual session later. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yeah. All right. So now I want to learn about you. And if you're joining us live today, feel free to ask questions throughout the conversation. Ask for clarification if you need any. But I'm really excited to hear more of your story. Um, yeah. Let's just start from the beginning. You know, I think it's really interesting that we talked about your Aquarius moon because children tend to uh, show their moon signs for like the first five-ish years because, you know, kids are just balls of emotion and intuition, right? They're all emotion. So were you a weird kid? Because that's kind of what I see in your chart. (laughs) I was a weird kid, but not everybody knew I was a weird kid. So um, basically, when I kind of figured out I had some other slightly different abilities or weird abilities, let's say, um, I was about four years old, I had an imaginary friend. And I always say that I was so fortunate because my parents didn't think that was weird. And they were all they were they were always very supportive of me having an imaginary friend. And I had a this was more than imaginary friend, obviously, but um, it was a spirit guide that came to me. And her name was Julie. And she would come and I always say she came from the attic, but it was really like she was kind of coming from above. And she would just come and talk to me and, you know, tell me, tell me things. And um, it didn't seem weird at all. It just seemed completely natural. And, you know, and then she kind of disappeared after a little while. And then um, as I just got older, I was always really interested in reading just, you know, all this, all the stuff that we love, you know, whether it was about past lives or um, intuition or psychic abilities. And then I just, I actually started doing Reiki pretty young and I did that for a while and I realized, wait, I'm doing way more than Reiki. And I was getting all kinds of like information and visuals and pictures and um, doing all kinds of like other healing and everything. And then I was like, maybe so. And I actually started doing readings then. And then I was like, maybe I I need to kind of be able to explain what this is or what I'm doing to other people. So I actually took some kind of classes when I lived in San Francisco and it really helped me put a vocabulary to what I was doing. And so that really helped. Um, And then I started doing readings about 16, 17 years ago. And I've always done them over the phone, which a lot of people 
find very confusing. <laughs> and they always ask, well, how can you read energy if you know somebody's not right in front of you? And the way I always explain it is energy just simply exists. So whether someone's thousands of miles away or right in front of you, we have the ability to connect. So, um, and that's what I've been doing ever since. I, I do readings every day and I have the majority of my clients I've never met. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's what I do on a daily. So cool. So I want to go back to like Julie, your imaginary yeah. friend. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious about this. And I never had an imaginary friend. Um, you know, I, I just was not checked in like that as a kid. But yeah. I want to know, like, did you see her? What was that experience like, you know, for you as a kid? What did she look like? How mm -hmm. did you know she was there? Tell me about it. Yeah. So I, I can still visualize her so clearly because she was in, she looked like an eight-year-old girl. And I was probably, yeah, I was probably four at the time. And I remember she was a little older than me. She, but it was very like exactly how you would picture maybe like a spirit or something. She had this like long flowing white dress on. And I remember her having this like kind of like short, almost like blondish hair. She kind of looks black and white in my mind, but I can kind of see flashes of, you know, color of what she looked like. And but yeah, white flowy dress, kind of like short hair. And she was just slightly older than me. And I remember her just kind of coming down kind of from, from, from the sky in a sense. So I can't so really remember what we talked about though. I think I have it written down somewhere a few years ago when I kind of channeled about it, but I can't really remember what we talked about. <laughs> Would you talk to her out loud? Did your parents know, like, you know, because I've heard stories or, you know, seen movies and stuff where the imaginary friend has to come along to everything. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it wasn't really like that. It was more of like she was there and I just talked to her like telepathically and I never took her, you know, with me and we never like played games together, you know, anything like that. It was more just, it just seemed so normal and so natural. It was like, oh, my friend's here, you know, and she's, she's here. She's going to talk to me. She, it was just very like a loving and comforting sort of, vibe and but it was all it was definitely all telepathic so now that you are very tuned into your abilities and have a clear understanding of your own beliefs and the energy you work with what do you think julie was was she a spirit what you know how do you see her now yeah i um uh, I just see her as like, she was one of my original spirit guides, you know, someone to bring me comfort and love and expansion when I was young. And maybe she just showed up. So I had the story to tell today, <laughs> you know, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I think she was just a spirit guide. And I think a lot of us or all of us actually have like, you know, guides and angels and, you know, spirits that are connected to us that have a very specific purpose and they change. Some are with us our whole lives and some, you know, change as we go along and, and um, yeah, I think she was just there to kind of open me up and show that this kind of stuff exists and it's okay to be a little weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, that's what I sense. You know, she was there to kind of show you like, oh, there's other ways to communicate. There's other beings out there that don't just look like these 3D humans in front of us. You know, do you ever get communication from her? Or when did you stop if you don't? You know what? I think she was just around for a couple years, maybe kind of between five and Oh, sorry, four and six ish. Um, and then she just kind of went away, but I don't remember like missing her. I was just like, I'm like, oh, okay, she doesn't come around anymore. I'm like, no big deal. <laughs> and, um, but I, I did a channeling with her many, actually many years ago now. I don't even know where it is, but it's somewhere. Um, and, but I don't really ask for her anymore. I usually now when I talk to, you know, I channel other beings, I channel another group of light beings. Um, but, 
maybe I maybe I should see what she's up to. I know. I'm so curious. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, my mom grew up in haunted houses, so she always told me stories of like ghosts and spirits. And I don't know, like what you talk about seems like a ghost. Do you think there is like a difference or um, between, you know, like ghosts or or spirits who are kind of stuck in this realm versus yeah. maybe Julie who, her con- you know, what is the difference mm-hmm. there? And yeah. Your- Mm-hmm. So yeah, I see a really big difference when I think of, and I might not be accurate, but this is how I how I see it. When I see ghosts um, or people who are more stuck in between, I usually see people who have passed but can't quite get over to the other side, or maybe they're still looking for something, or there's something you know traumatic that happened, um, and they're just kind of looking for a little assistance or you know light or direction of where to go. They they're just a little lost, you know, sometimes. And um, so that was very different because Julie was definitely not lost. She was like there specifically for me to communicate with me and just be there you know with me but um yeah she she definitely wasn't lost there was definitely a purpose for her being there and I feel like ghosts are kind of just just lost <laughs> like random yeah. kind of like oh I ran into you whoops you know or you're still here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah or just yeah just don't know where to go and they're just looking for some direction or light because they're sometimes they're just kind of confused yeah. Nick says, yeah. um, Linda Gordon said that children can see spirits more on that show, Ghost Whisperer. And it kind of ties into children expressing their moon more, being more intuitive. Now that you have daughters of your own, do you notice mm-hmm. that with them, that they're just more intuitive or open to these things than maybe adults <laughs> that you work with? Yeah, um, I've definitely tried to make a habit of it to open them up to this very young because I know how nice it was to have my parents really supportive of this stuff. And that I just want them to be just like open, expansive to knowing that there's just so much more to this world and beyond than you know what we are told or what we even mentally think and i definitely have taught them some skills to uh bring this out you know in themselves and sometimes i even you know hear them bring like okay wait let me let me my, my younger daughter will just do this like i don't know where she got this from but you know she'll just do this and be like let me let me just get my visual <laughs> and like let me do a reading on you so <laughs> but maybe sometimes it's just play and fun but they still know that they can tap into that and so i think it's really important to like teach our kids you know these skills young because they you know they don't get it in regular public education or anything like that and it's just really nice to have this next wave and i already see this in you know kids are that have been born last 10 years and that are being born now i keep seeing that these really enlightened beings are kind of coming to our to our to our earth to help i think shift us into this new earth that we are kind of expanding into I totally agree. And I think, you know, especially your generation, my generation, like, like you said, like nobody knew I was a weirdo. My, you're really <laughs> lucky that your parents were so open to it. But I think me personally, like I was feeling a lot of things, maybe not like from other beings or other realms, but I was just really sensitive and my parents mm-hmm. did not know how to handle that. They were just like, you're just really difficult, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> yes. Just and- being open, you know, and, and teaching kids, like, it's okay to be able to feel these things and how to work with them, you know? Yes. And that's what shuts so many kids down. Because, you know, a lot of people say that kids are kind of really open till about seven, eight years old. And then things kind of start shifting, because they're starting to match the vibration of the rest of this earthly world. And so it's, it's really important to kind of like support these kids, because a lot of kids that do have these sensitivities and are really connected, they don't have any really support system for it. So they think that they are a weirdo or they shut this down or they think that it's wrong or they think that they're, 
hearing voices in their head and that's a bad thing. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Well, and that's a whole other, you know, I'm sure there <laughs> yeah. a lot of kids that were hearing voices that their parents were like, you need to be on this medication or, you, you know, like that's not normal. So, <laughs> yes. um, oh, Diane says I had lots of imaginary friends as a kid. She is a Scorpio stellium, um, moon and Virgo, but I frequently wondered if they were spirits I was sensing. I'm sure they were Diane, you know, I'm sure they were beings communicating with you in some way. Um, and it, it's so cool to be able to have these conversations now because even personally, like five years ago, 10 years ago, if someone told me like, I had an imaginary friend as a kid, I would be like, Oh, <laughs> you were a weird kid. Like <laughs> what's going on up there? You know? And now that I've opened myself up to these things, I'm like, that's so cool. I wish I had an imaginary friend too. <laughs> <laughs> well, once you kind of start getting into all this stuff, you realize that there's so many more people who are really into this stuff. And that's not really a weird thing anymore. It's becoming so much more normal, you know, and that I feel like the more you open up to this stuff, the more you continue to bring people in who have the same vibration or are looking for the same things and have had the same experiences. And I think part of being open to your guides, your angels, spirits, all these things is literally just that being open, you know, being yeah. open minded, knowing that it exists and being willing to see things as signs versus just like, oh, there was a butterfly that flew by, you know, being like, oh, that's my sign for this guide or whatever. So, um, yeah. you know, like you said, kids are just already open and they just have these yeah. natural intuitive abilities and and, and, and young. <laughs> Yeah. And, and the symbol that you actually just mentioned, that's actually something that like anybody can do right now is just like to make a list of certain things that mean something to you. You know, it might, um, a butterfly might be something, maybe transformation, you know, is coming or something like that. But if you write a list, it's actually a really good to, way to communicate with beings or guides or anybody's trying to send you messages to be able to say, hey, if I see a butterfly, this is what it means. And so you kind of have a list. So it's kind of like creating a little a little dictionary for your guides, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to say like, you know, to be able to communicate to you if you can't already hear them or see them. So that's just like a nice, easy way. Yeah, that was what unlocked things for me because I'm I I'm not clairaudient really, you know, I I'm or at least not now. <laughs> but <laughs> once I started being like, oh, I keep seeing this thing over and over again. So I just saw a butterfly fly by. Just, <laughs> just looked up and saw it. Um, that's not a sign. I don't know what is. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit. Julie kind of fades away. She doesn't come back anymore. When did you start to realize, like, I'm still able to sense other energy or maybe not everybody had an imaginary friend. Maybe not everybody is as open as I am. When did that awareness come in? Well, I, I feel like I always kind of felt like I knew something just like slightly deeper than maybe the layer that most people could see things at, like really being able to pick up on the energy of people mostly. Like I would, I would be very like, I really knew who I wanted to like be around and I definitely knew who I'm like, nope, I don't want to go over there or nope, I don't want to, um, be around this person or, um, so I, I kind of, and I was always able to read people really well and kind of know what they needed or needed to do. And I feel like I always kind of had that always. Um, but I would probably say it wasn't until like my, maybe when I was 20, um, that I kind of started getting into the healing stuff. And my sister actually, um, she was starting to get into Reiki. And I remember uh, I had hurt my 
like I had cut my toe open and she kind of put her hands over it and was doing Reiki. And I, I could feel it so intensely, the energy coming into my body. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? Like I could feel this. And that's actually what really started getting me into, um, into Reiki. And that was kind of the, the, you know, jumping off point into the rest of the healing and psychic stuff. I love that you brought up your sister because, you know, in, in our friend group, I feel like there's such power in people who might be farther along in their journey or in their um, spiritual abilities, recognizing the power in you. It's like a witnessing, right? Like someone mm-hmm. being like, oh, wow, like you're really sensitive to energy. And you're like, oh, I am. I kind of felt that, but I didn't realize it until someone else showed Validated it. Validated or, or Yeah, mm-hmm. or did it on me, did Reiki on me. Um, yeah. so that's really cool that she kind of paved the way for you in that sense. And I love you two still work together and, you know, do healings together and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And she was, she was a start to help kind of, you know, create, uh, be inspired light as well. So yeah, she, she, she works with me as well. So cool. So cool. So you started doing Reiki and you mentioned that you realized when you were doing Reiki, you were doing more than just Reiki. Describe that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, what were you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think Reiki was a really good way to just kind of like open up those, um, just, just to open up the energy, you know, in, in my body and my spirit to be able to receive and um, basically bring in a a higher light, a higher um, guidance, basically. And, but you know, with um, Reiki, it's like a process of putting symbols into somebody's body and kind of seeing and just basically clearing and moving energy. I mean, it's more in depth than that, too. But when I would put my hands over somebody, I would see all the things that um, maybe why something started or somebody had a question, I'd, I'd hear all the information that was behind it, what they needed to do, how to heal something, um, you know, sometimes what what was going to happen. Um, so I was just, and I was seeing like a lot of visuals because I've always been very clairvoyant. And so clairvoyant being your ability to uh, see things through your mind's eye. So auras, you know, visuals, um, just pictures, anything visual. Um, and so I always saw like um, pictures and sometimes they're symbolic, you know, sometimes it's just like, Hey, this is a symbolic visual of what's going on. And sometimes I could actually see into somebody's body and be like, Oh, there's a blockage in here. And it was caused because of this, you know, and then, um, you know, clearing it out. But basically what I noticed the difference was, is just the amount of information that was coming through that I needed to speak out and to share to the person rather than just, you know, bringing the light and energy into their body to heal them. So I, it was kind of more of my calling to, speak up more about what the healing needed to be. Oh, so many places we can go from this. So many <laughs> questions I have now. Um, let's kind of talk about the Claire's really quickly. For people who mm-hmm. are new to psychic abilities, there are several different Claire's and ways that people can bring through information. So can you quickly just go through them? And Because somebody might be watching and not realizing, oh, I'm Claire audience or, or whatever. <laughs> Yes, yes, absolutely. So there's clear abilities and they are, it's basically another way of saying like a heightened sensing. And so there's a few of them. So there's um, clairvoyance, which we were just talking about. It's a, a clear seeing. And then there's clear audience, which is a clear hearing, which is basically your ability to hear voices, words, songs, information that's inaudible to your um, physical ears. 
Then there's clear cognizance, which I'm doing this because it's kind of connected to your seventh chakra. And it's your seventh chakra is kind of everything from beyond yourself. And it's just basically a knowingness when you there's no reason to know or think or feel something. It's just, oh, I know this. I know that this is true. So that's clear cognizance. Then there's clear sentience, which is I'm kind of pointing to my second chakra here below my belly button because that's um, that's clear feeling and sensing. So that's your ability to feel your emotions of your own, also the ability to feel energy and emotions of others. So this is when people are really empathic or sensitive. Um, those are the most common ones. And then there's also um, clear uh, aliens, which is your ability to smell things. Um, that's not a very common one. I think I was telling you earlier that when this comes through for me, it usually comes through with people who have paths that I know and a smell that reminds me of them, like my grandma who smells like Italian cookies when she, you know, comes uh, to, to say hi. And then there's um, clear gustance, which is the ability to clear taste. And the way I always explain this one is in a reading, I might, I, this doesn't come through very often because it's usually just easier to get, you know, a clear audience or clear avoidance messages. Uh, but maybe I might taste like a metallic taste in my mouth. And it might mean that somebody has issues with heavy metals or that maybe they have too much iron or not enough iron. Um, but so yeah, you can clear taste, you can clear see, you can clear sense in so many different ways. But those are the basic clear abilities. And you have been able to bring through information, it sounds like from all of them at some point, even though maybe some are stronger than others. Yes, exactly. And we ha we all have the ability to bring it in, you know, through all these different ways, but we're just naturally stronger, you know, in some than others. And some information just comes through more clearly through a visual compared to, you know, something um, that you that you hear. So, for example, um, it might be a lot easier to see somebody that... Um, Let's say you might I might see like a visual of somebody who looks really, really tall and thin and, you know, stretched out. And um, I might get the sense that somebody is stretched too thin, you know, or like a, their plate is overflowing. So I might see a plate of food, you know, overflowing. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's easier just to hear an expression. I guess that's actually an expression, too. But sometimes it might just be easier to hear an expression rather than let me see a whole picture and try to figure out, you know, all the details of what's what's going on. So information's usually going to come in the quickest, easiest way for you. I think that's part of being open too, right? Because I've had some really profound experiences that I'm not necessarily looking for. I'm not trying to channel anything. I'm not like, tell me what I need to know and hearing a voice. <laughs> like some of the most yeah. profound experiences I've had are just hearing something and being like, Oh, yes. okay. Where did that come from? I don't know, but I know I was supposed to hear it and now I can't <laughs> ignore it, you know? So, yeah. uh, and like what you were talking about smelling, um, just a, a quick little story here. I was at my dad's house watching his house. He was out of town. He has these pictures, really old vintage photographs of his dad and his grandpa hung on the wall. And I was just kind of, I don't know, walking around the house. I was looking up at the pictures and I very clearly smelled his grandma's perfume who passed at least yeah. 10 years ago now. And yeah. I was like, and I mean, I luckily I have always been open to these things and very much at this point was. And I was like, oh, hi, you're here. You know, like but <laughs> yes. I, I was not expecting her. You know, I, I didn't call her in. It was just very random, you know, and yes. and she had a very strong smell. So it it was easy to um, register who it was. Mm -hmm. 
I'm also, now that I'm, I'm talking about family members, I'm curious mm -hmm. if you ever get messages through dreams as well, because mm -hmm. I've had people come to me in dreams who've passed on. And I know that's a pretty common thing too. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, that's, it's funny that you said that because that's actually one of the things I should have mentioned when I was younger. My dreams were always so clear and so vivid and so um, just vibrant and meaningful, you know, to me, even like when I was very, very young. And definitely dreams give us messages all the time. Yes, of course, sometimes it's hard to know which ones actually mean something, which ones are just, you know, silly dreams. But just today, I actually had a dream that my client at seven o'clock that are like it got all jumbled and my kids were coming in and interrupting us and I was like I had to put the phone down and you know when I went to call her at seven this morning um we had got our times confused and we we just kind of messed up the time and so that was also kind of like a little sign to me because I even, even when I woke up in the morning I'm like I don't know if my seven o'clock call happened so I might be right back in <laughs> um and so uh yeah but listening to our dreams is really important. And that list of symbols that we mentioned before is also really good to have for our dreams as well, because that's, a, again, an easy ability to communicate with us. Yeah, you know, my mom was actually just telling me this weekend that she's been having this recurring dream. Like almost every night she has this dream and it's pretty difficult for her to keep having the dream. And I was like, all I told her, and maybe you have um, something on this for you know her or anybody else who's had a recurring dream or keeps having the same symbols come up, was like there's something your subconscious is trying to tell you that you're not dealing with in your waking life. You know, if you keep having it, it's because your subconscious is trying to work it out and your mind is finally resting enough to deal with this, but you keep having it because you haven't dealt with it yet. So I don't know if that's accurate. That's just what I told her. I'm like, yeah, keep coming up. you got to do something about There's something it. There. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, 100% agreed. And I would actually recommend that she actually sets an intention every night. And even when she wakes up in the morning, because sometimes, you know, information comes through our dreams, but we can also get more clarity on it in our waking life. But I would tell her just to set the intentions that she wants more clarity on what that information is, and to kind of go a level deeper with that. Um, and whether it's through her dreams or her waking life. Yeah. Diane asks, is there a way to tell if a dream is a visitation rather than just a vivid dream? As far like visitation, I'm assuming you mean kind of like from someone. Um, yeah. And often when it is in your dream, um, it is usually a visitation um, because it's their way, like, like Olivia was saying, is that... Um, like you're kind of more open in a lot of ways when you're in the um, in the dream world, let's say. And so when other beings come in, it is usually a visitation. Visitation. It can also be a vivid visitation, but um, that's how a lot of spirits will come through because it's sometimes the easiest to come through that way. Yeah, I actually, my dad's father, the night before he passed, came to me in a dream, or maybe the night he did pass, and I woke up and I was like, well, that was weird. And then I got a phone call, and I, that was one of my first experiences where I was like, oh, that can't be a coincidence, you know, and just I, I can still picture he was sitting in a chair with people around him and he looked at mm -hmm. me directly and said, I'm okay. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> yes. okay. I didn't ask. I mean, I wasn't even that close with him. And I was like, oh, I, I think maybe he's passing on. And then I got the phone call and I was like, this is so wild that I, he like, and then now I'm at a place where I'm like, oh, he came to me. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, because you were you, you were 
Yeah, well, you were open to that. And, you know, and then looking at somebody, I think this is also something to kind of keep in mind is that, you know, sometimes you're like, well, was this really, you know, him or was this, you know, somebody else? And often, if you can remember in your dream to like, really, truly, like, look them in the eyes, um, that is actually a really good way to connect with them to see if it is them because you'll kind of notice in some dreams, you kind of like somebody might come to you and you're like, it was kind of like them. It was kind of like someone else also. And when that does happen, you can also ask like, maybe what is that person symbolic of? You know, was that somebody, maybe you dreamt about somebody, you had a lot of like loving romantic relation, um, uh, loving, um, a loving relationship, romantic relationship with them past. And so they might be symbolic of just like love. It might not actually be about them. A lot of people ask me that like, why did my ex-boyfriend come into my dream last night? You know, and it's like, it's not necessarily about him or that you have to get in contact with him or anything like that. It could just be symbolic of an experience that you had for him or the love that you had for each other or um, something else like that. So you, again, it's like, you just want to continue to ask questions about like, what's really underneath this? What was really this trying to, you know, communicate with me. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of want to go back to talking about Reiki and how yeah. you were able to see things in the body. And um, I'm curious, as you said that, where Inspired Light or Be Inspired Light, where that came from and the meaning behind your business name? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, what I noticed, especially, so I channel a group of being called, uh, so I do a few different things. So I do my readings, which I use my psychic intuitive abilities for, um, and mediumship abilities. Uh, but then I also channel. And when I'm channeling, channeling is being able to kind of like move yourself aside and bring in information or beings or spirits or just energy that's just like outside yourself. It's not yours. And so I channel a group of beings I call, they just call themselves um, the light, light, light beings. And um, the... I always noticed that like what they were always telling me was just like love and light love and light, you know, and that's kind of what it was. And it's like, I want really everyone to be able to just like own and embody their own light. And that feeling of, I called it inspired light because and be, you know, inspired light, because I want everyone to be that that feeling of like, you know, when you're inspired, and everything just feels like, energize everything feels like you have a direction you feel like you have a purpose you have a fulfillment you're kind of going towards something and so just being able to fill ourselves with this light and this inspiration is just like such a wonderful way to just move through the world you know and i can see i can see your you know words behind you be the light you know so we, we must both be onto something <laughs> right there's a reason love and light is getting more popular but i love that you have the word inspired in your business too because i remember the first time i learned that like the meaning of the word inspired is in spirit. You know, when you're inspired by something, you're like really connected to your spirit. And I just think it's such a beautiful um, addition to light, you know, is really connecting the spirit. And a lot of what you do is not just connecting to your own spirit, but of course, bringing through other spirits and helping people connect as well, which is just so cool. Um, yeah, so so as you were doing like Reiki and kind of starting doing healings, you said you took some courses, got more vocabulary to explain like what you're doing. Um, now, do you still do Reiki? Do you still do like healings on people? Or are you mostly just doing Reiki? Yeah. Yeah. I do everything over the phone and I always have like, you know, for 17 years. So this was not a after COVID sort of thing. And it just helps me be able to, 
well, see more clients um, and because I can take them back to back, you know, um, and I and I have I feel like I have the ability to kind of tap in and kind of be more quiet, you know, without somebody in their room. And like I was saying before, it's like, doesn't matter if somebody's energy is, you know, miles and miles away or right in front of you because it's still just right here in front of you. So um, I don't really do a whole lot of Reiki anymore. Um, if I we, you know, some of our, you know, friend groups and, you know, our friends kind of get together and kind of do healings and stuff in person. And when we are in person, you know, we can use our hands on, you know, abilities to heal. Uh, but in my, I, I mostly focus on readings, but in my readings, it's not that I'm just like, Hey, this is what's going on. Like, you know, here's the issue. Like, see ya, you know, it's kind of more of like, okay, well, here's the issue. Now let's heal it and, or work on it or move it out. And so it's not that I'm doing Reiki, because I think Reiki is just very, it's kind of a separate thing, but I'm doing my own kind of healing process where I identify like what the issue is. And then once you identify what the issue is, what you can do is you want to set, you, you, you want to find it. You want to know if it's like in the physical body, you want to know if it's in the aura, if you want to, you know, kind of even know more specifically, like, okay, this energy, this emotion, this, you know, thing, or this physical ailment is in the liver, you know, let's say, like if we're getting, you know, really specific or in the cells or something. Um, but once you identify it, you can continue asking questions about it. So you can say, you know, where did this come from? You know, where did like, um, what emotions are connected to this? Um, what does it need to heal it out? So once you identify it, it's kind of like, brightening it up, not brightening up, just making it more um, noticeable in somebody's space. And then what I do is I kind of run a healing energy through it. And I kind of I connect it to a, a channel, let's say that goes from that person's body up to the sky to source to God, the, you know, your highest vibration, whatever we want to call it. Um, and uh, it's kind of like a and I think this is a good visual for you know, anybody that wants to heal anything in themselves or just to release anything in themselves, just to, like visualize a cord that goes up to the sky and visualize that connected to anywhere that you need releasing and just visualize all that energy just separating and dissipating from your physical body your aura and just going directly up this um, channel and know that it's being recycled and sent back to wherever it needs to go. Um, and then so once you kind of clear it out of your space, you can ask what I always ask, like, what's what's the replacement energy for this? What can we bring in instead that's going to be at my their best and highest, you know, good. And then you might get a, a visual for that you might get a color, you might get a vibration, you might get just words of wisdom. And then you want to visualize putting that into the place where you just remove the thing because um, you don't want to just move energy out and just leave it like empty because then who knows what's going to fill up in there. <laughs> so you really want to kind of replace it with whatever that area needs the most. And so that's just kind of like a basic way to heal. So I do do healings in the readings also. I love that you incorporate healing for so many reasons, but you know, I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of mediums out there. There are a lot of psychics that are just like, this is what it is, you know, that just tell you what they're seeing. And mm -hmm. I don't know. And I, I think you might be the only medium that I've ever personally met or come across that actually has this healing component. And being an astrologer, I have to bring it back to your chart. <laughs> that is like so 12th house energy. The 12th house is all about healing and bringing closure to things. And um, yeah, the fact that your son is in the 12th house, like that just screams like I, you're a healer, you know, you're here to heal people. So I love that you do that. that. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that closure makes a lot of sense, you know, with what you're saying, because I always feel like 
something for me, even energetically, when I'm doing readings, it, it really needs to come full circle for it to feel complete for me to be able to get off that phone and be like, yes, this looks, this looks good for now. And we can go because if it's not, I kind of feel like, well, I can't just let it be, you know, or even I, I always joke with clients too, when something really exciting is going on in their life and, you know, something's about to happen. And I'm always like, you know, a week later, or a couple of days later, I'm like, what happened? It's like, wait, it's like watching a movie and like not knowing the ending. So, and that's what's I, you know, I talk to a lot of people. I, you know, I have a lot of like weekly clients of, you know, every other week clients, you know, monthly clients, and then just, you know, clients who just call whenever they want. Um, but it's, it's, it's nice because I've, you know, I have clients that I've literally been talking to almost every single week for the last 15 years. And they, it's so nice to be able to see the progress and the change and the shift that have happened, like, over the years. Um, I don't know what made me go off the track on that. But um, but yes, I think healing is very important, not just telling somebody what's wrong, because it just doesn't seem like enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious now, like if someone was to come to you as a client, mm -hmm. do they need to come with a certain question? Do you have clients that just show up and are kind of just like, what do you have for me this week? Or <laughs> how does that yeah. process work? Yeah. So I always explain it as like, I some of my clients that I've been talking to for a long time, they're like, just, just, just tell me what's going on, you know, and you know, I talk the entire time. Uh, but I like with a new client specifically, I always say come with a few questions in mind, because I just really want people to actually get the information that they want to get because I could go any direction if I just kind of pull and I could just pull up their energy and just see what comes up. But it might not be something that they really are interested in knowing, you know, so I really try to um, have people come with questions so we can really pinpoint really what they want to know. Um, and I always say to, um, uh, like I pull up their, their, their questions, but I also pull up their energy in general and just see what's going on and every reading. And this is sometimes not hard to explain, but it's different. Every reading is different because I'll get clients who they just need the information. They know they need to know, like know what's going on, where something came from. Um, like just they need to know the information. And then I have clients who I've never spoken to before, and maybe they want a lot of information. But it's like, gosh, before we bring in this all this information, we really need to do a healing. We need to do a clearing. We need to kind of clear all this stuff out so you're, you know, you're clear enough to be able to get all of this information and fully, truly be able to like receive it. So some are more healing focused, and some are more, um, you know, information focus. And it's just, I just trust that whatever information comes up is what they need to hear and know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you've been doing this now for many years. You're very comfortable in your abilities and your business, but when did you know, like, oh, I'm actually good at this and I'm actually helping people. <laughs> was there like a confirmation or, you know, a moment where you're like, oh, I was right about that. Or, you know, um, that kind of, it clicked for you. Like, this is really what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's, I feel like I've always gotten a lot of good validation, you know, from, you know, clients. Um, uh, my best friend um, now who I actually met, I actually met because she called me because her um, dad had passed. And I always joke with her too, that I started doing readings with her. And I just I just fell in love with her energy over the phone. And we've been best friends ever since. And so mm -hmm. and she and she sees um, uh, she sees a lot of other like psychics and astrologers. And she's, you know, goes to see everybody just for fun and information. And, um, and she, I mean, she always tells me and like, and I know it's not just because she's my best friend, but she always tells me that, you know, my information is super solid. And, you know, for, and, and why I brought, you know, bring her up too, is because, um, 
in, I think it was in January, I was giving her a reading and I was actually channeling um, the light beings for this information. And uh, she was living in San Francisco at the time. And she said, and I said, wow, like, and she's been thinking, she was thinking about moving and kind of changing jobs for like many years now. And it just so clearly came through that was like, wow, you're going to get a job like really, really soon. And you're going to be moving to Austin. And I literally called the date. It was, I think it was like April 24th. And she wasn't even looking at Austin. She wasn't even like anything like that. We're like, no, no way. She literally moved on that date. And that is, and that's a rarity. Like I don't, I, and I always like to preface this too, because I use the word psychic and a lot of people think psychic it means like predicting the future. And that's actually something called precognition, but that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions in this whole industry, because a lot of people hear them as psychic and they're like, what's going to happen? You know, when, I'm, when is this going to happen? When am I going to eat my person? And it's, it's not always like that. Yes. You know, future information comes in, but the future is always changing. So some of that information is not really accurate. I really like to kind of focus on the, um, more of like the present time stuff and what we can do now stuff. But just to kind of go back to the word psychic for a moment is that psychic is really just like this umbrella term for all of our extrasensory abilities. So it's like all of our clear abilities are psychic abilities, our intuition are psychic abilities, mediumship is psychic abilities, uh, channeling is psychic abilities. So I really like to just like demystify that word now because it's not what everybody thinks it is. It's just, it's the all encompassing word for all of the ways that we can receive information. Um, but to answer your original question, um, I think it's, I think I just get little hits of validation, you know, through time. And I think more so than ever, my intuition was just clearly like, this is what you should be doing. You love it. And you are excited to do it every day. And I feel like if you ever get that information, you know, it's kind of like, that's just kind of what you want to follow. Yeah, I, I've gone through moments too where I'm like, am I really good at this? Am I good at astrology? Am I supposed to be doing this? And then it's like when I ask those questions, somebody's like, wow, that was so spot on or this really helped me. You know, it's yeah. almost like just asking the question and the universe is like, no, 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 no. We're going to give you the answer that you should be doing this. You know, so I'm always yeah. just like, let me know if I'm supposed to do something else, but this yeah. is right for now, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's also really important to give that validation to other people. So whether you're there, you know, they're just like your friends and they're, they're kind of picking up on something. It's like remembering to validate, you know, other people for, for their information, because that well, number one, just makes people feel good and knows that like, it, it helps them be able to trust their intuition. And I feel like that's kind of what we're all trying to like learn to do is to trust our intuition and uh, people doubting themselves and doubting their intuition is like really what holds people back the most from continuing to get more of their intuition and really letting it flow. So validating others and yourself, you know, I think is key. Well, I love that you brought up intuition because I've just been, I'm just such a curious person that I'm like, tell me everything about your life. But I do want people to walk away with some like tips to connect to their intuition. So when we talk about psychic abilities, this big umbrella, we all have psychic abilities. We all have these abilities in some capacity, right? Yes. Yes. We all have these abilities. They're just like innate in us. And like I was saying before, sometimes they're stronger in some than others, but they can all be developed. And I think the way to think about just like intuition is really just that ability to know something without reason. When you have just like no mental reason to like think something, but you just 
kind of have that hunch or that gut feeling or that even instinct. Instinct and intuition are different, but it's just like kind of like that deeper subconscious um, knowingness. And I think the first thing when talking about intuition is knowing that to be able to identify what your intuition is, is probably the most important. It's a little bit different for everybody, um, but you want to you want to be able to notice it within yourself because the more you notice it within yourself, the more that, um, just the more that it's going to flow. Oh my God, Olivia, I see a butterfly out my window too. <laughs> when um, I was at your house doing, um, cause we did a healing a few weeks back, uh, with a group of friends and I mean, your house is beautiful, but like right before we went into the healing, cause butterfly, a white butterfly is my sign for my great grandma. A monarch butterfly is a sign for my grandpa, two of my like strongest guides. And right when we started, I looked up right out the window, white butterfly flew by. I'm like, okay, you're here. You want to be part of this. You're helping me channel yes. whatever I need to channel, you know? Yeah. Um, well, well yeah. when the energy, you know, was around when we were, you know, we were all, you know, bring this really bright, you know, energy and for like a, a healing, you know, it's like more of those signs show up and you know, I, I, this is my office. So this is where I work. And right outside my window, there's always hummingbirds, like right outside and hummingbirds people say are a really good sign of, you know, people trying to, you know, connect with you as well. Um, but, and even I've even done, done videos in here and then I'll later, I'll watch my video and I can actually see the spirits in light and you can see them in the videos, you know, like around me. And so just remembering for everybody to like, the more you raise your vibration, the more aware and conscious, you know, you'll be and see and feel that information. And the more of the energy that, you know, will come through. Um, And is is it also just being like, noticing of it, right? Because personally, like, I feel like my guides were always there. And it just took an event I got <laughs> right. in this car crash and I very clearly knew that I was like protected by one of them. Um, I, I, I saw a car or a, a truck that looked exactly like my grandpa's truck right before a car crashed into me. And I instinctively turned the wheel a little bit and um, that was like basically what saved me. And then I was like, Whoa, you're here. Like yeah. you're guarding me and protecting me. And since that day I'm like, okay, well, you've been here the whole time. I might as well start like looking for you and saying hi to you and noticing the signs you're sending me. Yeah. And what a great, you know, sign right now to everybody to start noticing those things and make your symbol list. So, you know, when a butterfly goes by what it actually means, because, <laughs> you know, like you said, it's like, it's going to be different for everybody, but um, yeah. And just noticing and being aware and being open is like the key to everything almost, you know? So when you're doing readings, do you ever channel other people's guides and kind of give them the confirmation like, hey, these people are around you or these spirits? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. So specifically, um, sometimes sometimes people ask me, like, what am I tapping into, you know, when I'm doing this? And a lot of times I'm it, it depends on the situation and what I'm asking, but I'm often connecting to just like my highest self or I'm connecting to their highest self. And sometimes people's spirits or angels or beings will show up around them. And when they do, it's usually a sign to be like, they want to talk, you know, and then to be able to, you know, tell these guys, uh, tell, let's say the client or the person, uh, what their spirits, what their guides would want to communicate with them. So they definitely, they definitely show up. And there's, um, yeah, and there's, I know I'm trying to think of how to put 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 it out here, but there maybe I'll maybe I'll do it in person sometime too. Um, but there's some really cool exercises to be able to meet your spirit guide because I can connect people to their spirit guide, but I really think it's 
I think it's more fun and more meaningful if you can find your own spirit guide um, and to be able to really know the vibration and the energy of that guide because that's what also helps you be able to identify them when they come in again because it's like you know you'll you'll hear people say how sometimes guides you know or pe energies will come in but you're like well is that really my guide is that energy or is that some like little tricky guide that's you know trying to come in here you know and and it happens it happens um and so you really want to know and feel the vibration of uh your guide and know it's them just kind of like in that dream when i was saying kind of looking them into the eyes and really kind of notice if it's them but um uh what was i gonna say that yeah you want to notice it's yours and one of the ways that you can kind of practice knowing this is and this is for intuition as as well and knowing whether it's your highest guidance or whether it's a spirits you know guidance is just recognizing spatially where you feel information coming in you might kind of like you know see things and it's just like might be up on your screen you know here um but maybe your guide kind of comes in from your top left you know over here and that's kind of how i know it's like if my god my, my light beings came in from over here somewhere i'd be like that's not you guys you know so it's like knowing spatially where information comes in can be also really helpful and then also being able to differentiate like oh am i just hearing this in my mind is this something my mental mind is telling me or you know a judgmental voice of a parent a friend a spouse society culture and so being able to differentiate that mental information from that intuitive information is really important too Right, because in in your workshops, you talk about how intuition is neutral. If you feel a strong emotion yeah. with, you know, a thought that's coming in or maybe something you're hearing or seeing, it's probably not intuition. It's probably linked to judgment or, you know, emotion. Yes, exactly. Because emotions are a way that, you know, we communicate with ourselves, right? It, like emotions are extremely important. Um, and I always explain the emotions sort of thing, like we we wanna be connected to our emotions, but we also don't wanna hold on to our, our, our emotions for too long. We really just want the information behind the emotion. And my little example that I always give for this is like if you were a kid in a store and you stole something and then you got caught, you might feel shame and blame and embarrassed and you know ridiculed or whatever, but you don't want to be going through life holding on to those emotions. So the information behind that would really be, hey, this doesn't feel good to steal. I'm not going to do it again. And so I think it's really good practice for us to identify what's behind emotions so we don't hold on to the emotions and we just hold on to the information. But yes, like you were saying, that intuition or so you want to be able to separate what your emotions feel like um compared to your intuition and your intuition does it feels light it feels neutral it feels calm um it feels like just like a gentle guidance uh, or a direction or a knowingness it can just be like a simple yeah i feel like a yes or i feel like a no or something feels off about this or you know something just feels right and i know with like our friend group you know you know when we're talking about getting together and you know we're always like hmm i'm getting a no on that i don't know why i want to go but i feel like i'm not going to be there and i think it's so cool because we all support each other in you know whatever our information intuition is telling us and for whatever reason it's telling us that um and it's knowing too that it's also your intuition, yes, will never make you feel fearful. It'll never make you feel like worried or concerned. It'll never feel like abrasive or judgmental. I think judgmental is a, a really good one that it's never judgmental. Um, and yeah, so I really think that 
being able to identify what's your intuition, what's your emotions, and what's your just mental mind talking to is kind of like the first steps to being able to just like listen and trust and take action on this. And those are the words I always say to listen, trust and take action. Because the more you do that, it's kind of like a, it's a communication to the, the world to the universe that's saying like, Hey, I got it. Thank you for this information. I received it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something about it. And the universe is like, Awesome, cool, you got the message, let me send you more. And that's kind of how your intuition just continues to flow stronger and um, just expands. I love this um, through message throughout this conversation about just asking more questions. And I think that's something that keeps coming through anytime I learn from you. It's like, always be willing to ask more questions. Mm -hmm. What, is there a certain format you use? I mean, a lot of times my question I ask, even when I'm just like pulling an Oracle card on our live stream every morning, I literally say out loud, Mm -hmm. what do I need to know? You know, because Mm -hmm. I'm just like, that's very clearly, what do we all need to know today? Um, yeah. You know, words have power. Our words are spells. We can, that's a whole other conversation. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. But do you have a certain structure you use when you're doing readings and asking questions or that you teach people to use? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's always, if you don't know what to ask, ask, I always say the words, what is in my best and highest good? You know, what do I need to know for my best and highest? Or is this decision in my best and highest good? So you can always do that. Um, but when whether meditating about something or just really trying to like do a reading on yourself or others, I think the things to keep in mind are to really be specific. I think sometimes we get nervous to ask like too specific of a question because it's like, well, I don't, what if I don't know the answer to that? Or what if I just don't know that? But remembering that you don't have to know it, that information is just going to, you know, come in and you'll be able to receive it. Um, but <clears throat> to ask specific questions, meaning also not like, not to use like nondescript words, like the word like enough or success or should I do something? Because there's not often a should, you know, or is this good enough? Well, is it good enough for what? You know, like what is your intention? And so I think it's really good to include intentions in what you want. And your information, even if you don't ask quite the right question, your the answer is always going to come through with what you're really intending to ask. Um, and then also remember not to ask like compound questions. So you don't want to say, you know, am I going to get this job and love it? You know, it's like, well, you might get the job, but you might not love it. Right. And so, um, and if that ever happens, the information is always going to be answering the first question as well. Um, so I think that's a really good kind of way to ask questions and also set the intentions that the information that you're going to get is going to be like accurate helpful, useful, and actionable. I think that actionable is really good because a lot of times you might get information, but it's like, well, what do I do with this information? It's like, is this even important for me to know if I can't do anything about it? I mean, sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. But I think setting those intentions, you know, are are really good too. Is it important to know who you're asking or what you're asking when you're asking these questions? Do you think it's important for people to have some sort of belief behind them? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. And I mean, I feel like no matter what belief that you have, I think it's just important to, number one, remember that no matter what, you, your highest self is going to have the best information for you. Um, That no matter what guide or any other being that you might be channeling or anything like that, you are still going to know what's best for you. So I always like to, if you're in doubt, to just ask 
set the intention that you're asking your highest to self. If you want to connect and say, you know, God, the universe, source energy, you know, that's too, that's, you know, that's all good too, because really it's all the same thing. <laughs> so as long as you're setting the intention that you're, you know, connecting to love and light, um, I think you're going to be, I think you're going to be good. Even our conversation a couple of weeks ago with Veronica Lee was all about the Akashic Records. She said the yeah. same thing because, you know, we have so many labels now. Like, where is this information coming from? And she's like, it's all the same. It's just all different labels. It's all different ways of accessing it. But truly, it's all oneness, you know, collective consciousness, love, light, God, the universe, your guides. They're all the same. They're all part of the yes. same energy. Yes, absolutely. Um and yeah, the other thing I was going to say on intuition too is just to remember when differentiating like what's in your mental mind that blocks us so often, you know, um, is that your mental mind really only sees things from a limited perspective and your intuition sees things from a broader, higher perspective and your intuition takes into account things that your mental mind just doesn't know. And, you know, the example that I gave at the workshop, you know, this weekend um, was that, I feel like we've all had an experience like this when we're rushing to get out of the house and we hear a little voice in our head or something that says, grab your jacket. And you're like, your mental mind immediately takes over. And it's just like, I don't need a jacket. I'm going to be home by three and it's gonna be a beautiful day. But little did your mental mind know that you're going to go out to dinner with your friends. You're not gonna be home till nine o'clock. And it was kind of cold. <laughs> and so, and you, 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 you kind of say to yourself, oh man, I knew I should have grabbed my jacket. And so really being able to listen to those small little voices, you know, that you hear just like that quick little fleeting thought. And then, you know, and those are like the little things in life. And then like with the bigger things in life, it's kind of like a stronger, deeper knowingness. And you'll notice that when there are big, big decisions, let's say to make that they don't really go away. They just kind of keep nagging and you know, you kind of need to take action on something. For me too, you know, it kind of goes back to having your signs and it might not even be signs from people on the other side. Like I have certain mm -hmm. numbers I see that clearly represent people or situations in my life. And sometimes when I'm just like, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Or is this the friendship I'm supposed to be having or, or whatever? It almost always, I immediately see that number somewhere or see that sign somewhere. And so, you know, it's like developing your own language with the universe almost and yeah, I think that's exactly. a really great actionable place for people to start because it can feel really intimidating to be like, okay, I want to develop my intuitive abilities. Where do I start? But I love how you talked about just mm -hmm. making a list, like almost a directory, you know, even in your phone that you can add to or, or observe and asking for those signs or asking questions, knowing that the signs mean different things. Yeah. And I think it's really important to like make your own because you can pick up those books that have like symbols, you know, like dream, dream books. Like, what does it mean if I see, you know, this in my dream? But I think it's really important to make up your own um, because it's really just like a, it's an individual conversation, you know, with yourself and your highest self. And we talk a lot about dreams on the morning live streams because sometimes mm -hmm. I'll be like, who had vivid dreams last night? And everybody's <laughs> like, me, you know, but I always yeah. tell people when I even have asked, like, does anybody have a good dream meaning book? Because all the websites, they're all vastly different, right? The yeah. meanings. And I'm like, where are these coming from? Like, who's, but I always mm -hmm. just like use my intuition. And if I'm looking for clarity on something, I just kind of let my intuition lead me and I'll kind of go through the different descriptions. And if something resonates, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And mm -hmm. I guess some people could see that as like searching for meaning in something, but 
I, I don't, you know, that kind of is what it is. And I'm just <laughs> yeah. open to like, I'm trying to make sense of it. Is there anything out there that can help me make sense of it? Right. Yeah. And I think it's um, just remembering to write all the, write all of it down, especially with dreams, like write your dreams down, but write these symbols down because you're going to wish you had written all these things down like a year later when you have a very similar dream. And it's like, what did, what did it mean then? And, and has it changed? And I think also one of the things that I recommend, you know, with like students when they're first starting to read energy is that sometimes it really helps to speak it out loud. And just like in a dream, when you might have a dream, you're like, I don't really know what that meant. But as soon as you go, you know, tell your friend what the dream was, you'll notice that as you put it into words, you know, you might use certain expressions or certain, you know, like, just words that kind of like, are like, oh, that's what that meant. So really actually verbalizing things can help you understand what the, what the meaning of something is too. And even journaling too, right? Because I think our yeah. mind moves quickly. Like, oh yeah, that dream. Okay. That's what happened. That's what it looked like, whatever. That was weird. But then when you start to like right. write it or speak it and use your words, it's like, oh, I'm seeing patterns here. And I, I love that you just said that as Rachel commented, thank you for all this information. I know I've always had some sort of intuition, but I've always felt ashamed of it or feared it, starting to open myself up slowly to it. And Rachel is like a regular on all of our live streams, but it's really cool seeing people comment, you know, because that is a way of like processing your emotions and validating yourself and what validating. you're feeling and making sense of the world um, by just sharing what's going on with you. Um, Diane says, I keep a dream journal, write the date, moon phase, and the dream, then an analysis. And I frequently look back when there are synchronicities. Oh, you are like advanced, yeah. Diane. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I definitely rec recommend everyone keeping a notebook by their bed because, you know, how many times you wake up and you're like, oh, I had the coolest, craziest dream, but now I can't quite remember it, you know? And even if like you can't really see what you're writing, even if you can just kind of like wake up and just write, you know, something down, that'll just kind of help you. And the other, thing that I always love to say about dreams is that um, when you notice that you are waking up, don't move your body. Like it sounds silly, but like, don't move your body because you'll be able to just remember your dreams right away. But as soon as you start kind of waking up your physical body, you start going into like a different mode. And that's when your dreams start kind of the memory of your dreams start going away. And I think we, we've talked about it too, Olivia, how um, sometimes we'll lay back down like the next night. And then my dreams will come to me from the from the night before because I've kind of like laid back down and relaxed again. So, um, so yeah. So those are other a couple other little tips to use too. Yeah, and you, I think you've said too before that like you're able to you've practiced being able to go back into a dream <laughs> or almost like pick up where you left off because you are so attuned to being in that state and of course your own intuition and knowing what things feel like for you. Um, yeah. But I mean that is essentially kind of the same thing as like astral traveling or being able to like enter another realm. And be, like you said, setting an intention, what you recommended for my mom, like I intentionally want to go back into this place and learn more information from yeah. where it's coming from. Yeah. I want to talk about astral um, travel here for a minute because it's like, I, I love it. I might actually teach a course on it too, but please, um, please do. yeah, it's, it's one of the, one of the cool things is like, it's kind of like our symbol journal, but it's coming up with the things. Do you ever like, do things in your dreams where you're like, you know, you cannot do that in your waking life? Like, do you ever have dreams where you're just like doing like, like 20 pull-ups? Sometimes I have those dreams <laughs> and it's like a way to like know to myself that I'm like, 
I, I have to be dreaming right now because I know I cannot do 20 pull-ups in real life. And so the more you can come up with, um, or like, this is like another silly one, but it's like, I don't know if you're ever like dreaming and you're like trying to use your phone in your dream and it's like not quite working or it's not quite connecting or you don't know how to use it. That's just one of mine. And, but being able to notice that like, Hey, this is something that only happens in my dreams. And in that moment, you can kind of wake up and be like, and you know, kind of have be a little bit more lucid and be like, Hey, I'm dreaming and try not to go into like fear mode or like, Oh no, like, you know, and pop out of it. But the more that you can kind of recognize when you're in a dream that can allow you to kind of move around in that dream too. And there's one other kind of like really silly tip, but I, I love this and it sounds so silly, but it works. So I read this in a book one time that is kind of the same concept, like how to be aware of when you're in a dream and when you're in waking life. But they said just like to pull your finger and you know, in real life, your finger doesn't go anywhere, right? But if you are dreaming, your finger like stretches. So it really stretches. And it's like, kind of like almost like a Gumby, you know, and, um, and it sounds so silly. But if you do that throughout the day, you can you then actually start doing it in your dreams. And so then that'll kind of help like wake you up in your dreams too. But for some reason, I love that. And it's, it has totally worked for me. It's starting like the pattern of like, oh, I do this normally. So of course yeah. my subconscious is going to do it in my dream. And then you're like, oh, that's not, that's not normal. That's <laughs> oh, not normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also yeah. it's really kind of good to like know, like even think to yourself beforehand, if you're really trying to focus on your dreams and astral travel and stuff like that, it's like to actually think of ahead of time. Well, what would I do? Where would I go? if I do wake up in my dream, because you can go anywhere and do anything. And because I think a lot of times what stops people too, is like, once you do kind of wake up in your dream, you're like, well, what do I do? Or where should I go? You know, and so kind of having yourself kind of prepared for that too, would be would be good. Yeah, kind of going back to setting the intention, like, is there anything I want to work through or anything I want to learn or just yeah. any little journey I want to go on? Diane says she's going to try the finger trick. So <laughs> yes, I, I love that. So as we kind of wrap up our conversation, I know there are a lot of people watching who are on the beginning of their journey with their intuition, myself included. I know I still have a lot to learn. What other than making the, the directory like we talked about, are there any other things, actionable items people can start with or do today to just begin that journey of opening up their intuitive or psychic abilities? Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm glad you said that, too. It's like you're working on them, too. And so am I. And it's a it's a lifelong process. You know, we're always going to be developing and expanding our intuition and our highest self. So no matter how long any of us have been doing this, we're always learning and, and, and growing. Um, but the things I definitely recommend, um, I'm sure you'll maybe, you know, share my website, but on my website, there's a little uh, tab called exercises. And there's like three or four of like basic exercises. And if yeah, if you go up to yeah, exercises at the top, there's um, some really pretty like illustrations that go along with it. But there's grounding, yeah, there's highest vibration, there's um, clearing your energy out of I'm um, sorry, clearing other people's energy out of your space, and then bringing other people's energy in. I'm sorry, I said that backwards, clearing other people's energy out of your space and bringing your highest vibration in. If you kind of work on just doing these like every single day, it's going to really help you get aligned with yourself and then also be able to differentiate your energy from other people's energy and create a really clear space around you. And that's going to really help you be open to start receiving your information. So that's a really good step if you're like just starting and you're like, I don't know what to do. Um, 
there's also, so I have a full, um, the inspired intuition course and the first module of that is free. So I really go over like the basics. We go over like intuition, how to sense it, how to track it. Um, we go into like the clear abilities, all the chakras, um, you know, kind of all the basics that some people know, some people don't. Um, but you can go to that and sign up. That's also on the website. Like there's just like sign up for free module one and it'll give you access to all of that information. And you can also see in there, um, kind of like what the rest of the course has to offer. And, um, and it, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. So it has like, uh, yeah, energy. I'll just, I'll just read it from the screen. Energy and intuition, the, the timeless tools are some of the tools that um, you saw on the website, like the grounding, the boundaries, how to run energy. Uh, and then, you know, there's actually two modules or actually, no, there's like practicing how to get into the zone. That's what I call it. Because a lot of people are like, well, how I can't just sit down and be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for this information. Cause that's hard. So there's kind of a process to help clear space and kind of get into the right neutral kind of mindset. So you're actually open to receive. And then there's two mo modules about reading um, your just how to read energy and just different techniques and the process and how to ask the questions and how to get it gets really in depth. Um, and then yeah, and how to read others as well. And then there's two modules on healing. So there's like basic healing. And then there's like, some in that last module, there's something really advanced healing techniques. So there, those are a lot of those are for people who are like, I know how to do this. I know how to tap into energy. I'm really intuitive and I kind of need those. Where do I go from here? So it really takes you from people who are kind of like beginners and just like, Hey, I'm starting this to people who are like, Hey, I know how to do this, but I need, I need more, you know, I need more, I need more techniques. I knew I need more strategies. Um, and so, yeah, and this course is, um, it's like, go at your own pace. It's like lifetime access. Um, and which, like I was saying, it's like, we might be, some people might be taking this class for years and just kind of going, you know, their own pace. And some people maybe fly, fly through it and be like, wow, I have so many, you know, techniques, uh, new techniques to, to try. And I also, do. Oh, okay. oh, go ahead. No, you oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's all these, like, there's, um, I had my friend who's a amazing illustrator, um, in San Francisco and she made all the, um, illustrations for it. And there's also um, a full session of um, audio meditations for a lot of like exercises to try and, and do because sometimes it's like you don't want to be like reading all the things I wrote while you're trying to do a reading. And so there's a whole list of audio meditations that'll like actually guide you through the steps, all the timeless tools and all the steps to actually do readings as well. I think this I'm, I'm glad we brought this up because I meant to ask you, you can do readings on yourself and that's something not a lot of people talk about. Do you do readings on yourself? Um, because I know you teach other people how to read themselves. Yeah. Rarely, rarely ever. <laughs> like I, I don't. Um, but like if there really was something, I don't, I don't always, you know what, if it was for me, I actually, I don't, I don't really do readings on myself very often. I, I might, I might not actually sit down to do a reading. I actually might, if I was asking myself, I'd actually probably channel it from my, um, from my light beings, or I might just kind of get like more of like that fleeting thought, you know, intuition that comes in to be like, oh yeah, I did break my ankle. Yep. <laughs> you know, or something like that. And I feel like, I feel like, and this is kind of what I always say too. It's like, there's something that you just no, and you don't have to actually sit down and do a reading and like allowing that to be enough too. like, I remember when I met my husband, I don't know, 10 years ago, um, some, a, a client of mine said, well, did you do a reading on him yet? When I first met him and I was like, 
no, I just never needed to. Like, I just, I just knew I'm like, that's, that's my guy, <laughs> you know? And like, I never really had to look into it. And so just trusting the way that information comes in in different ways. I love yeah. that. And, and I think <laughs> I feel like you're always doing readings on yourself in a way because you are very aware and tapped in, you know, you're, you're very into your intuition all the time. So I, I, I just sense that you don't have to like go into the space to be like, what am I, what's going on with me? You're just always yeah. kind of there. Um, but the yeah. last thing I want to point out too, is that you're in this beautiful office space that I've been lucky enough to, to be in at your beautiful home. Is it important for people to have kind of either an altar or a safe space or somewhere that's kind of, maybe you don't need a whole room or an office, but just somewhere that's kind of special to be able to tap in? Is that helpful? I think it's absolutely helpful. I think the most important thing that I've noticed with people is you just want to know that you're not going to be distracted because it's really more about not being in your mental mind. And if you're thinking about like, okay, what time is it? My kids are going to, you know, come in or what's my grocery list or, you know, is somebody going to call? Do I have my phone off? It's the distractions that kind of pull you into the mental. So whether you are literally hiding like in a closet sitting on your shoes and it's quiet and you feel good mentally about that, that's, that's almost like more important than it being like a really special place. I mean, that would be great if you have a special place, but it's really about how can I know that I can turn my mental mind off? Knowing that the kids or the dogs or the cats aren't going to come in and distract you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I love to end each of these conversations with an Oracle card pull. And I'm going to pull from the Rose Oracle today because, I mean, this is just feels like your vibe. Um, <laughs> and as I'm doing that, can you just share any other tips, any other ways people can work with you? What else do we need to know about you before we let you go? Yeah, let's see. Um, I mean, you can uh, reach out anytime. Uh, you can email me or text me, you know, through my website. If you want to schedule a reading, I book up about a week, maybe a week and a half before usually. Um, so just get in touch with get, get in touch with me anytime. If you have any questions about the course, you can also ask me about that. Um, but I would just say like, Sign up for the module one, kind of like get kind of get a feel for, you know, kind of how like my course is set up. And if you see if see if it kind of like vibes, you know, with you. And if you have any questions about that, let me know. And um, I just like I feel like just like my purpose and my intentions for creating the inspired light and, you know, doing, you know, readings and teaching people how to do this for themselves is that, you know, I just want everybody to feel like they can connect to them highest, their highest self and that they can have access to all this information and feel just like guided, you know, through, through life, because it's, it's a good feeling to be able to know that you always have that guidance and support that's always leading you in the right direction. Yes. And as Brett mentioned, the first module is free. So, you know, there's a link, um, it should be down in the description of this video where you can just click try out the first module. Also, I always say with any healer, psychic medium, any spiritual guide that you are working with, it's kind of going back to using your intuition. Like you'll know, you know, you'll know that you're supposed to get a reading from this person. Or if you're just like, wow, I just want to keep hearing her talk. I keep, I want to keep hearing what she has to say. Then that's, I think the universe, your, your guides telling you, Hey, 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 listen to this. Keep working with her. You know, um, I actually, before I met Brett, 
I was looking for a psychic and I kept trying to find psychics here locally in Sacramento and I would call them and they'd be booked out or they'd be closed or whatever. And I was listening to a podcast and randomly a guy was like, I saw a psychic named Jennifer in Sedona. I immediately Googled Jennifer in Sedona, booked the reading the next day. So, you know, it's just, there's sometimes just a knowing that I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to keep working with this person or... Yeah, well, that just actually, Olivia, reminds me of how we first met because we were at that. It was, it was, it was the Lions Gate portal. Yeah, it was the last Lions year. Portal. It was a last yeah. year, exactly. And I had been doing like a, people were asking questions, and I was just like channeling information. And you came up afterwards and was like, "I'm just really drawn to you." And you and do you remember that? And you were just like, mm-hmm. I, "I, I don't know if you said we should hang out or like you know can we exchange information or something." But you were just drawn, and you trusted that intuition. And here we are a year later, and hanging out all the time. <laughs> I know, I know. And I remember I asked you. Because you were asking, you were um, giving like collective information. It wasn't, we were in a big circle. And I was like, is there something special about Sacramento? Because, I mean, I grew up here, but it feels like there's something special. And you were like, yes, <laughs> there is. There's something <laughs> special going on here. That's what all there is. Yes. And, it is. Yeah. There is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and pull a card. I've shuffled these up really good. And I'll just ask, what do we need to know for our best and highest good? Mm, The card is trust the seasons, embracing change, cycles of life, transition, and growth, which feels very spot on for the current energy. We're in a very transformational portal in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different cultures this time of year. Um, But I'm going to read what the guidebook says and see what else wants to come through. Here we go. Trust the seasons. Our disconnection from the earth and her seasons leads us to believe that we should be in full bloom all year round, that we should grow, grow, grow without leaving space to cut back. When we focus on the never-ending bloom, we forget the importance of all of life's phases. The rose, like all of nature, teaches us this every day. She's forever showing us how to embrace the ever-changing seasons in an ever-changing world. We're not meant to stay the same. Relationships aren't meant to stay the same. Life isn't meant to stay the same. Nothing on this planet is meant to stay the same. The seasons teach us that. Night and day teach us that. We may return to a place, a person, but things won't be exactly as they were, for everything and everyone is forever changing. Nothing is static. The more we try to control things and keep them the same, the further away from the flow of life and ourselves we get. Change can be scary, for it means surrendering to the unknown of being in the in-between, to being not who you were and not quite who you'll become. It requires a trust in the transformation and the death in order for the rebirth to occur and a deep reverence for all the seasons of our life. The more we resist change, the further away we are from who we're becoming. When we embrace change, we embrace life and nature and are forever becoming. Is there anything that came up for you? Yeah. When I was yes. I, yes. I love, I love that. I love that so much. That really resonates too. Um, of course, just the trust and we're talking about trusting ourselves and trusting our intuition, but also that's actually part of this concept of be inspired light as well, because I, I notice for myself and I know not everybody is like this, but I'll kind of go in these like waves of inspiration. And when I'm on kind of like that wave of inspiration, everything is just like literally flowing through me. All my, all the information, everything I have to do, everything I have to like write up every 
all the courses I need to, you know, do all the things and just like allowing that to be in the flow and like just riding that wave and knowing too, when that's over, that that's not a bad thing, that then that's giving you time to rest and recoup and be able to kind of receive, but not necessarily take action now. And so having that balance between resting and taking action, I think is just, is just so important and really vibes with me. Yeah. And your intuition you. is what's going to tell you what, <laughs> what you're supposed to be doing, what phase you're in, right? If you're feeling inspired, yeah. I mean, inspiration is kind of tied to intuition in my opinion, right? Like if you're like, oh, I'm so inspired by this, it feels like that's my intuition. Like this is what you're supposed to do right now, you know? Um, and just, I know, I know some of the, the beautiful people watching are in those seasons of transition and not quite able to figure out what's next, but also very much aware that they're not who they used to be. So I just, I feel like this is coming back to the word validation of just trusting that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Trusting if you found this video that you were meant to hear this conversation today, you were meant to connect with Brett in some way, shape or form today. And you were meant to trust your own intuition and dive deeper into your own intuitive abilities too. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, out of your busy schedule to share your light, your gifts with us, to teach us more about our own intuition. And I just love learning about you and your story because you're such a unique individual. And yeah. I'm just so grateful for you. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you too. I really, I really appreciate it. And I had, I had a lot of fun today. <laughs> I did too. I love knowing that you're a Gemini rising and an Aquarius moon now. I know you better. And yeah, now I, I understand you better, which just that's, that makes me super happy. So thank you to everybody who joined us, who asked questions, who gave their insights. I appreciate you all. We'll be back with another episode of the spiritual journalist next week. One more thank you to you, Brett. And until I see you next, stay curious. Thank you so much for joining our discussion today. If you enjoyed this episode of The Spiritual Journalist, you can find more on thespiritualjournalist.com or you can listen to our conversations wherever you enjoy podcasts. And if you want to learn more about astrology, join me live every weekday morning on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for Transits Today, where we break down the energy of the day based on the movement of the planets and start our morning off in a high vibe. All of the information we share on The Spiritual Journalist is completely free to you. So if you'd like to support more content like this, the easiest way to do so is to subscribe to our YouTube page. Head over to The Spiritual Shop on our website and buy yourself a little something. Or if you're feeling extra generous, you can buy me a coffee to fuel future live streams. Just tap the link in the description or head to buymeacoffee.com and search The Spiritual Journalist. I'm so grateful you found us here and I can't wait for our next conversation.